0: what's going on everybody i hope everybody's well um so yeah man i don't got a cool story this week maybe next time make sure you follow me punch the mouth official on instagram official underscore p-i-t-m on Twitter. peace guys later What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian, episode 133. Look, checks out. Cheers out. Cheers out. Cheers out. Look, 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 look. But you guys, are you guys listening? Listen. Is that sick or what? That was pretty dope, in my opinion. Again, 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 again. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Not fun in games. A really big fight happened this weekend. Really big fight known as Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. Of course, congratulations to Sean O'Malley. He deserved the win. Um, I honestly thought Aljo was going to run through him. Now, there are certain things I would like to say, but I don't want to take it away from Sean because that's the one thing I want to make very clear here, right? Despite what I'm going to say right now, we cannot take this victory away from Sean O'Malley. You just can't. Because he doesn't deserve that. He deserves that he knocked out a great fighter. He he knocked him out, bro. I mean, to a certain extent, I, I said he got caught out Jermaine Sterling. But he wasn't out cold. But that punch disoriented him so badly that he couldn't get up. And I feel... That when he turned away, that's when the ref was like, all right, bro. Because he was taking a lot of shots. Like, I know Marab and them are upset, but that was an honest stoppage by Mark Goddard. I I believe he's going to become the gold standard. And then Marab says the reason he doesn't like Mark Goddard is because he made it to the end of the ricky simone fight and like he lost consciousness at the very end but not during the fight so they should have let it go into the scorecards and he says mark goddard fought for them to just call it a stoppage because he's saying he didn't go out till after the bell rung but at this point man like i, I honestly believe it was a fair stoppage the other thing um Aljo's a great champion i do feel bad for him though i will tell you guys that i feel bad for him because He's not getting an immediate rematch. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not because there's other contenders and all that other stuff. That's not why. The reason is he gave the UFC such a hard time accepting this Sean O'Malley fight that they're going to make it in po- Like, he has to literally clear out the division. It's not going to be another Cody Garbrandt where Cody got knocked out at Madison Square Garden. And then they gave him the rematch in August in L.A., it's not going to be that. I'll tell you that much. It's not going to be that. Because Aljo gave them such a hard time about it while he was champion. Something like what T-Wood did. Once T-Wood lost the belt, he had to go through challengers. So it sucks. that sucks for him, I feel. Like the UFC brass, I honestly feel is against him. Because if the UFC brass supports you, your life is easy. Like look, look what they did for Sean. They put the entire fight the night of the fight they've never done that before i read on twitter or x as they call it now i'm making the lower thirds guys yeah, they're coming so if you guys checked out my ufc 291 recap thank you i will make another one for ufc 292 and i'll keep doing those recaps if you guys like them just let me know again you could dm me punching the mouth the fish on instagram you can even dm me on x or you can send me an email at punchthemouthofficial at gmail.com. Guys, I'm accessible to you guys. You guys just gotta reach out. If you wanna hear something, I'll try and find it for you guys. That's all you gotta do. Um, Going back to the fights, like, yeah, man, Sean O'Malley is the man. Like, if this guy can stay the course and will actually defend his belts. I'll tell you one thing. He could be bigger than Connor. Because Connor's thing was, I'm going to go and be the double champ. That was Connor's thing. He had been saying that since he stepped foot in the UFC. He's like, I'm going to recreate what I did in Cage Warriors. That's what he said. Okay? And he did that. Congratulations to him. But now, if Sean O'Malley goes in there, clears out the division as champion. Because think of this. That division is so stacked that the the, mat, the most title defenses is three. Okay. In recent memory, I have a hard time believing that though, because it's because Dominic Cruz had to get it stripped. I'm going to look at this up because I have a hard time believing this. Hold on. Let's look it up. So let's see here. Let's see. We're going to go back. So he wins it in WEC. He defended it one, two, three. Okay. So wait. One, he defended it twice in the WEC, and then once the WEC got devolved, devolved, dissolved into the UFC. He they just made him the champion, and then it went. I guess, but technically to me, okay. In one run, he had defended it three times because then he got injured and then he won it and then he defended it and then he lost it to Cody and then and then he went away for a while because he got hurt again and then he lost to Henry. So I guess, I guess. And he's only lost four times, man. He lost to Cody. So he's lost to Uriah, to Cody, to Henry, and to Marlon. He was winning that Marlon fight too. How old is he, man? He's 38 i don't know he feels he has one more run i don't know man okay so i'll, I'll give it to al joe let me pull up the ufc rankings and the card and then another news laresa pacheco she's going to the final i told you guys i told she's gonna run this whole thing did you guys not believe me I mean, the only way she doesn't win this whole tournament is if she doesn't make the 145-pound championship weight for her next fight, because I think she's been weighing in at 146. Talk about PFL's La- Laresa Pacheco here, while I pull up these rankings. Okay, so they already have the graphic up. O'Malley, they have him as the champion. Sterling, they have him at one. Marab, they have him at two. Henry, they have at three. Corey, they have at four. Peter, they have at, and it's weird, because Peter beat Corey. And they have Marlon at six. And it's weird because look at this, bro. Henry and Corey, they're hurt. I don't know how hurt Henry is because if you guys remember, Henry was supposed to fight on this past weekend's card against Marlon. I think they were supposed to be the featured bout, not Ian Gary and Neil Magny. They were supposed to be the featured bout under the title fights, you know? But then there's Umar. Like, dude, do not like to me. Umar is the uncrowned champion. I know people probably get annoyed at me saying that, but I don't care. Because, like, look. Okay, let's look at for jermaine Sterling for right now. You're not gonna find marab You already beat Henry. You are they gonna make you rematch Corey, even though you choked out? You beat Peter. I mean, the third fight with him and Peter's cool. They're not gonna. So the winner here is Marlon, because again. Let's say Corey's hurt, and I doubt Marab's going to take the title fight. So let's say Marab, Corey, and Henry are out. Let's just say that for sake of argument. They're not going to give it to Peter because even though I think Peter beat him, um, O'Malley has a win over him. And the only guy to beat O'Malley, even though he says that it's not really a loss because he hurt his foot and couldn't put any weight on it, I don't care. It's a loss to me because you got finished. Like, if it would have went to the decision, if it was competitive and they gave it to Marlon, I'd be like, okay. But you got finished, so I take that as a loss. Um, they might give it to Marlon, and especially if Marlon says, okay, I'll fight him in December like he wants. The only thing that I see stopping that, even though Connor says that, look, I'm going to bring up what Connor said, too. Even though Conor said that they weren't going to let him fight in December. Look what it says. Conor McGregor says December, unlikely for Michael Chandler fight. There's still a possibility that Conor McGregor will return to the UFC before the year's end. Michael Chandler, McGregor's would-be opponent in his comeback fight said Saturday, that he has spoken to the UFC in the past two days and that he was told the window for a bout in December has not closed. McGregor has mentioned December several times as the timing for his next fight. The UFC has yet to book a main event for its pay-per-view that month, which would be UFC 296. Okay, and this is a quote from. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a quote from Mike Chandler. I talked to Hunter Campbell less than 48 hours ago. Chandler said backstage at UFC 292, referring to the UFC chief business officer, "It's a constant moving target. I do think December isn't out of the question, but." End of the year isn't out of the question. By the end of the year isn't out of the question. Chandler did add that he wasn't sure how likely December would be, and he's still in the dark about anything firm. UFC president Dana White, when asked Saturday night about a potential McGregor McGregor Chandler bout, said it would probably happen next year, but added, "Why not December? Who the fuck knows? We'll see how this thing plays out." McGregor on Sunday appeared to throw cold water on the December fight, however. Speaking in an audio note on X, dude, he loves those things, bro. He loves those things, especially when he's like fucking lit. Like when he's hammered, like on one of his benders, on like other stuff that he does that I won't mention here. You know what I'm talking about. If you don't, go watch Scarface, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Like he, I wonder what, like, this is what I think happens. He gets like, whatever he's doing, like he gets like on it, like whether it's drinking or something else. And then he just goes on a rat. And then I think he wakes up the next day going like, what the fuck happened? He looks at his phone. Holy shit. We need to take this down, this down, this down, this down. Or this other thing happens because he has so many people around him. His PR team calls him, yo, Connor, we need you to take that down, brother. You need to take that down now. Because this guy has a full team around him. Like, Don't think it's just his manager. No, he has a PR person. Um, he has, I'm pretty sure, a media person. He has all those things, bro. But going back to this article. McGregor said, I'm ready. I wanted an announcement December 16th. I gi- I've given everything. It's not going to happen. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. McGregor went on to say... He's being kept from, he's being kept from my livelihood, presumably in reference to USADA and or the UFC. And then it goes on to say, there has been some confusion about McGregor's status with regards to the USADA and the UFC's anti-doping partner. The UFC's anti-doping partner, sorry, not and, and how that could affect when he'll be back in the octagon. The USA policy is that a fighter who left the drug testing pool like McGregor has must be back in the pool for six months and pass two drug tests before competing again. In May, USADA released a statement saying that it, it expected McGregor's paperwork and that he would enter back into the pool immediately. Since then, there has been radio silence from the agency regarding McGregor. USADA declined to comment on the matter when reached out by ESPN on Friday. And it goes on to say this. Despite the rule, there is language in the UFC anti-doping policy that would allow the UFC to waive those six months if there is a belief that it would be unfair to the fighter. McGregor removed himself from the drug testing pool while recovering from a broken leg. He suffered in the July 21st fight with Dustin Poirier. The UFC has not said whether it would waive the six-month rule. The problem is if they do that, they're playing favoritism. And it came back to bite them in the ass when they did that for, for Brock Lesnar. Because they waived Brock Lesnar's six month thing and then bam he popped for his fight with Mark Hunt. Usada has said publicly that they believe McGregor should spend the full six months in the pool before his comeback fight. But ultimately it's the UFC's call. If McGregor does not return in December, a likely landing point for his big return would be UFC three hundred next spring. Tyler said willing to wait for that car to fight McGregor, which would be the biggest in promotions history and the promotions history. I mean, as long as it's that fight, right? Even though he laid out, okay, first I'll kick Chandler's ass. Then me and Justin are going to fight for the BMF belt. And then I'm going to go fight Nate. Like at this point, do we know? Nate, Nate kept saying that he wanted to go back to the UFC, but is he really going to go back? Do we know? Do we know? I don't know. Because he made a lot of money in that Jake Paul fight. Okay, let's look at the rest of the card. Hold on. Give me one sec. <laughs> so we went over to Sean O'Malley, starting fight. Zangwei Lee versus Amanda Lemus. I mean, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Um,. That was a crazy fight. Crazy fight. And then next for Wei Li. I mean, I know unless they're going to do it in China. I'm telling you, the next one should be um, Tatiana Suarez. She should be next. Or, or to make it fair, if you don't, Carla and Rose are out. I'm going to keep saying that just so people realize that I'm being dead serious about that. She's out. They're out for right now because Rose is about to go fight in France. For those that don't know, Rose is going to fight Manon Ferrot. If you didn't know that, know that, good for you, bro. So those girls are out. So right now at number one, we got Jan Shainan and Tatiana Suarez at number two. Amanda Lemus just lost to the champion. Dude, and Jessica Andraj, you know who she's fighting next? If you guys didn't know, she's going to fight Mackenzie Dern. Okay, and if Mackenzie wins, it's over, bro, because then she'll take her spot. And then it'll be crazy because if Mackenzie goes in there and fights Amanda Lemus and takes her down and chokes her out, she's in the mix. She lost to Jan Shainan, though. Dude, and poor Marina Rodriguez, she's number nine and she has wins over, I believe she has wins over Jessica Andrade and Jan Shainan as well. But, I mean, no, Jessica Andrade, she never fought her. She lost to Amanda Lemus. Yeah, yeah. But immediate fight to make. I believe it's Tatiana Suarez versus Wei Li. If not, Tatiana Suarez versus Yan Shainan. Or if they're going to do it in China, Yan Shainan versus Wei Li. But then you go, well, where does Tatiana go after that? You don't fight anybody. You don't fight anybody and you just tell them, okay, make me the, again, Ariel's going to hate me, but I don't care. You go, make me the backup fighter. Put me on that car and have me fight someone else. And then after I win, I'm the next champion. And then you... When the mic's hot, you go, all right, I'm fighting the winner. Or I'm fighting the winner or the loot to keep your name in the mix, you know? And like, Wei versus versus... I mean, Tatiana is a crazy fight, bro. That is a crazy fight because Wei wrestling's wrestling is really good. And if she can cancel out Tatiana's wrestling, her striking is way better. So I think she wins that fight easily. Or is... Tatiana Suarez just on Khabib-level wrestling that even though Wei Li's wrestling is very good, that you just don't know what happens. And that's the fight. That is the fight, okay? As much as I know people want to see Yann non fight for the belt, she can fight for the belt after them. Like, have her, okay, be like, Dana, people want to see this fight, make this fight, and then give me the winner. You can do that, right? That's what I say should be done, but that's just me. Or Yan Na might go in there and knock Wei out. You never know. You never know. So let's look at the rest of this card. Andre Petrovsky beat Gerald Mearschardt by split decision. Brad Katona defeated Cody Gibson. Kurt Holobar defeated Austin Hubbard. Gregory Rodriguez defeats Dennis Tululin. I hope I said that right. Brad Tavares defeats Chris Weidman. Okay, this Chris Weidman fight, crazy fight. And I know he's getting mad that people are telling him to retire. But if your leg is getting chewed out, but you're putting ice on the leg that got surgery, bro, is it worth it? Like, is it worth it? Like, you already won, Chris. Like, I know you didn't get your hand raised, but you already won, in my opinion. Because you came back from a devastating injury, and you showed people that that you're you're still a man because you are. Cause he didn't get his ass kicked, I'll tell you that much. That did not happen. Did he win the fight? No, but he did not get his ass kicked. It was competitive at times, and man, I could not be more prouder of the dude. It probably doesn't mean much coming from me, but I would like to see Chris retire. Will he do that? I don't know. I would like to see it happen because the dude's got a family, man. Marlon Vera defeats Pedro Munoz. Crazy fight. Mario Batista defeats Damon Blackshear. Crazy fight. Now, Ian Machado-Gary versus Jeff ne- I mean, I was, what, what was I going to... He was supposed to fight Jeff Neal, but... He ended up fighting Neil Magny. This guy is the future. This guy, Ian Machado-Gary, is everything Darren Till was supposed to be. Like, Shafkar Raghmanov is everything. I mean, Yuri Prohaska is everything Johnny Walker was supposed to be. Ian Gary is everything Darren Till was supposed to be, even though he's Irish and Darren Till's from England. Like, he's everything Darren was supposed to be. And he had a rough start, but he's been getting better, man. Let's see the rankings, and he's a welterweight, right? He's number 11. Now, if, if what I hear is true, he's not fighting Vicente. You could give him Sha, a Sean Brady or you can have him rematch Jeff Neal. And then I'm also hearing Steven Thompson wants to have a crack at him. He's not going to fight Shaft I'll tell you that much. Because they all train at Kill Cliff FC now, it's called. And he won't fight Gilbert Burns. Hamzat Chimayev's not even in the division. Bulam Muhammad is trying to pick a fight with Colby. Colby is going to fight Leon at some point. And I did hear that they were trying to do um, Stephen Thompson versus Kamar Usman, possibly in Abu Dhabi, as like because they stacked the heck out of those cards. So we'll see what happens. But now I'm also hearing Stephen Thompson may face Ian Gary in New York. So we'll see what happens. But this guy's the man, bro. I mean, the problem is that Kill Cliff FC, they have a lot of fighters that are welterweight. And it's a great gym, man. I mean, they have they had Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler trained at ATT for a little while, but then he ended up going to Kill Cliff FC, which is cool. Like, Florida's just a hotbed. You have MMA Masters. You have the two big ones are FC and American Top Team. For those wondering, the Black Zillions used to be Kill Cliff FC. Was the Black Zillions at one point, and then... It became Hard Knocks 305. And then it became Sanford MMA. And now they're called Kill Cliff FC. I guess they get different sponsors, so they have to change the gym name. I don't know. But it's still all the same gym. I mean, no. The Blacks, because I don't know if, how, let me look up this story. Yeah. Okay, let's see here, let's see here. This is an old article, So I know this guy, Glenn Robinson, ended up passing away, but I don't think that's the reason why. Let's see, this is an old article all the way back in 2017 by Chuck Mendenhall. The rise and fall of the Black Zillions, MMA's original refuge for the wayward. The Black Zillions aren't dead, not according to the group of the original architect, glenn robinson who built the first iteration of the south florida super team out of the wayward fighters looking for a new beginning then again nobody's quite sure what the black zillions actually are anymore not even robinson the owner of the authentic sports management who in early 2017 finds himself trying to visualize new mansions growing out of rubble hold on my leg was itching sorry oh and we got to talk about marina bueno silva's Drug test. We'll look at that right now. We'll look at that. That's because as of early January, just days after his contracts come to an end, with primary coach Henry Hoo, officially parted ways with Robinson and formed his own team at Combat Club MMA in Latina, Florida, some 20 minutes from where the team has been hubbed for the last five years in Boca Raton. Following Hoo, to a new confines were many of the brand name fighters that comprise the black zillions identity anthony johnson michael johnson and rashad evans the latter who fights daniel kenley on saturday at ufc 209 in las vegas again this is this is an old article we no who evans aj or menace and so many others having recently jump shipped what is left of the once mighty black zillions right now? I have a good core of loyal people. I have a lot of people that want to come down to us, Robinson told the MMA Fighting. So I'll let the dust settle with Henry because I know everything was going to go in a different direction after December. Now you'll start hearing a lot of new announcements. And like I said, a long time ago, I built this team's reputation in just a couple of years. It's what I do. So it's not going to be hard to do it again. Whatever lies in store in the coming years, Robinson feels it can't get any worse than it was in 2016. Not only did his team begin to fall apart at the seams, but he suffered a health crisis that left him laid up in bed for four months, right at a time when mutiny was festering in the ranks. Complicated matters, he and his wife separated, and this past summer, he saw his company Iron Bridge Tools, which afforded him his passion-driven side ventures, venture into MMA, filed Chapter Eleven reorganization. All in all, in a space of year, Robinson's deepest and most wide-ranging relationship crumbled before him. I mean, there's reasons all this happened, right? I don't like to speak Ill, Ill, of, Ill of the dead, but still, Robinson vows to keep the Black Zillions' name intact and keep moving forward with what he started. Now, operating out of a 17,000-square-foot CS MMA gym in Pompano Beach, there are... Re- renovations underway to outfit his new facility which is state-of-the- with state-of-the-art equipment. Joshua will house is the great unknown, sorry. He has retained some of his strongest, if unhurdled, pillars for the time being, though. Neil Melson, a well-known grappling coach, will act as the head coach of the New Black Zillions, and decorated kickboxer Tyrone Spong will operate as the primary striking coach. Okay, but I, that's, this doesn't matter to me. I want to know why he left this started happening. Because, again, going with what we know now, Glenn Robinson is no longer with us. It says, Robinson spo- speaks of who's H- departure from Black Zillions like clearing of a toxic cloud. He says he could feel like a thousand pounds has been lifted off his shoulders since Ho've left. Even if the Black Zillions as a team concept has been largely wiped out in the process he says it's better to start over in a healthy atmosphere than proceed with a team divided and then it goes (laughs) because look um what's his name the guy that runs ATT I forgot his name what was his name well point being is they don't like each other and like even in his death he, he still doesn't doesn't like him What is this guy's name? Fuck. I forgot his name. Dan Lambert. I can't remember his name. Okay, so Dan Lambert doesn't like him. The reason I started all this was because of Ian Gary, so we're going to finish this. Look, bottom line, I started this gym by accident because four guys left ATT, and now that's what's happening to me, Robinson says. As if such things are inevitable in a karmic world, I have no hard feelings over it. I actually rather have negative people out of my life is the truth, I'm admitting. I've had a rough year last year, I'm admitting that. Could things have gone smoother? Absolutely, but I was in bed for four months and bedridden. It was not a good year, it was a bad year, but I come from a world where if someone was there for me, I was there for them. I came from that world that if you use the word loyalty, you meant it. I was there for a lot of people that weren't really there for me. If there's a word that could best describe Robinson's attitude towards all that, that has happened with his team, it's hurt. He used the word quite a bit when discussing, him mostly from a managerial side of things. After watching many fighters, many of his fighters, from known pros to unknown amateurs, break ties with him, he admits that he should have intervened more and/or he should have been more of an author, author authoritative. Presence And that in retrospect, maybe he could take, he did take on much more. He admits too, that he didn't pay Hoof for December. The last month of his contract, that's because as Robinson sees it, Henry didn't work. I mean, so there it is. There's a reason Dan Lambert didn't like him and ATT's prospering. There's a reason Glenn Robinson was going through what he was going through and ultimately passed away I mean because he used to manage a lot of those fighters. Because after he passed away, that's when Ali came in and managed started managing Kumar Usman, for those who don't know. But going back to Ian Gary, that dude is the man. He's the freaking man, bro. Again, if if the UFC wants to try and rematch him with either Sean Brady or Jeff Neal, I say rematch with Jeff Neal. I say rematch because he was supposed to fight Jeff Neal and it just never happened. It'll be a crazy fight, bro. Crazy fight. And if he wins, I mean, it'd be crazy to see him go up against a good wrestler like Colby. But then he has guys like Mike Chandler that even though Mike's smaller than him, Mike's still a very good wrestler. And then he had, I don't know if he trained a lot with Kamar Usman, but you have that as well. And I guess Kamaru Usman left because a lot of the challengers were going to end up coming out from now What is his Kill Cliff FC. So there's that. Uh, let's talk about Buenos Silva's failed drug test. And then we'll talk about Conor McGregor going at Tony, and then we'll call it a day. Marina Bueno Silva's announcement of, announces failed drug test for Holly Holm fight. Marina Bueno Silva may be stuck on the shelf for longer than expected. Silva Monday announced Monday that she failed a pre-fight drug test in relation to a UFC 77 win over Holly Holm, in a statement released on Instagram, the 31-year-old Bantamweight stated that she tested positive for a substance consistent with the prescription medication I take for my ADHD. Silva said she is fully cooperating with the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which oversaw LaBelle, as well as the UFC and its anti-doping partner, USADA. Silva's name appears on the agenda for Thursday NC. NAC meeting in Las Vegas which she'll likely receive a temporary suspension for her case works towards a resolution. Silva, 11 and 2, defeated Holly Holmes via second round submission to Notch, the biggest win of her A-fight MMA career. At the July 15th event which took place at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Shitara has won four consecutive fights moving back up to Bantamweight in 2022 and is currently a top contender for the vacant UFC middleweight UFC women's Bantamweight title. Middleweight, Adrian, what the fuck wrong with you? Okay. Okay. This is interesting. I don't think they're going to give her if she goes, okay, it's this, 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 and this. Because I did read her full statement and they said the doctor stole it and you should be fine. I believe it's going to be a picograms type thing. If they suspend her, it's going to be very, very minimal. Like, if she gets a year, that sucks for her. But now, let's look at the rankings. So, Irene Aldana just lost. Holly Holmes just lost. So, we're, that's real, So okay. Buenos Silva. she's on the shelf right now. So, now, I can guarantee you they're doing Juliana Peña versus Raquel Pennington. I don't know anything. I'm not saying I know anything. But that looks like the fight they're going to try and do. And I see it happening November, December, because they usually try to stack those fights with cards, especially because they don't have a champion in this division. Because before it was like a love triangle with Marina Silva, but with this news, it's definitely gonna be Raquel and, and Juliana next. I say November, December. Now let's look at the Connor Vows to her Tony. Let's let's read this. This this is gonna be it, guys. This is gonna be it, and then we can all go. Uh, let's read the title first. Connor vows to badly and Tony Ferguson in heated comments. Ferguson responds. There is no love lost between Conor McGregor and Tony Ferguson, as both reminded on social media, reminded the world on social media this week. For years, McGregor and Ferguson seemed to circle one another with a back and forth trash talk. And during McGregor's recent Twitter barrage, he ended up taking shots at the former lightweight champion bowing to end Ferguson when he gets his opportunity. And look, this is, this is Connor's tweet. This is Connor's tweet. I'm going to end you and badly. I've not forgot. And then here's Tony. I get scared with Tony's tweets, bro. As it, It goes, as expected, Ferguson, who was pretty excited to have the notorious say something to him on social media, responded the only way he can. Uh, There's my bitch, Ferguson said, took a few to get your attention, eh? Remember, you used to work for me and I fired your ass for not doing your job. When you're done signing your legal issue sign on the dollar line, coward champ. McGregor is expected to return from a long injury layoff to meet Michael Chandler, his rival coach, on the recent season of The Ultimate Fighter. It will be the former two division champions' first octagon appearance and suffering a nasty leg injury in the first round TKO lost to Dustin Poirier at UFC 264. Ferguson, who hasn't picked up a victory since his second round TKO win over Donald Soroni at UFC 238 in June of 2019, is currently on a six-fight skid. With his most recent loss coming via arm triangle choke at UFC 291 in July. I mean, and that's where we're going to leave it. I mean, if I'm being honest with you here, if they fight at 170, Connor should be a sizable favorite. Because yes, Connor has not won recently, but he's looked competitive in all of his fights. Like the Dustin Poirier fights, the first round, the second round, they were competitive the second fight. The first round, it was competitive until. Because he was landing his hits. Tony does not look competitive. Excluding the Mike Chandler fight. Tony does not look competitive in these fights at all. Like you can't tell. Like I was even surprised how well Nate was doing again. Like Nate looks competitive bro. Like Nate never looks like he's out of there. He's 37. Like what's going on here? And then he keeps going. Oh I'm coachable now. But I'm like dude like. And like it's funny. Because I didn't realize it until people started posting it on social media. They started putting like. Tony Owen 10. Oh, I'm fucking back now. Like, he does say that all the time. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. But, like, if that fight were to happen, Conor should be a sizable favorite. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, PunchTheMouthOfficial, on Instagram. And now on X, official underscore P-I-T-M. Deuces, guys. Later.